Amen. So this is the third week in a series that we've been calling Broke, and we've been talking about finances, we've been talking about money, but um, how many of you guys have ever just been so broke, like, like broke is not even a word to describe how broke you were? <laughs> like you, you just, you, you didn't even know how you were going to make it. And the truth is we've been talking about this system that God has, because the truth is there is nothing on this planet that has the ability to capture your heart more than money. Um, we've been talking about two different things that we've revisited or that we've visited in the past two weeks. We've talked about wisdom and we've talked about diligence. But this week I actually want to talk about honor. I want to talk about honor. How many of you know we live in a culture that lacks honor? We, we li- if you look at it, you can see it all over the TV screens. People that don't honor people, we don't respect people anymore. We have people that just expect they deserve something, especially in my generation. How many of you guys are, are at least... 35 and below. Any, any show of hands in here, 35 and below? You know nothing about life, okay? <laughs> um, and, and I say this because the first two things that we, we dealt with is, was wisdom and diligence. But how many of you know all of our problems, specifically when it comes to money, can kind of hinge on these three things? We're foolish and we lack wisdom. How many of you ever made a stupid financial decision because you just didn't ask for help? <laughs> Or you didn't know what you were doing and you thought you knew what you were doing and you lacked some wisdom so you got yourself in a place that you never wanted to be. We're also, if we're just going to be honest, we're lazy and we lack diligence. And the third thing that I want to talk about this morning is something that is rampantly going through this culture regardless of what age you are, is we're entitled, therefore we lack honor. We're entitled, therefore we lack honor. I see this all the time, specifically in my generation. We see what our parents have now, and we want it right now. <laughs> How do you know it doesn't work like that? We, we fail to forget the sacrifices and all the work that our parents have put in over the last 30 years. That's why they have what they have now. And so you have so many 25-year-olds and 30-year-olds going out and buying these nice cars and these nice houses and then wondering why they're drowning in debt. It's because you can't afford any of that. You still work at McDonald's. You cannot buy a $50,000 car, right? But it's we're entitled. But these three things, and I'm gonna, hopefully I can frame this up for you this morning where this makes sense, but honor completes like this, this, this stool on this three-legged stool. See, we can have wisdom and we can have diligence and it'll be helpful, but if we don't have honor, it's like a two-legged stool. It doesn't work. We have this tradition, usually Friday or Saturday, we do breakfast for dinner. Um, And it's like amazing. We we usually cook pancakes, eggs, bacon. How many of you know, without flour in the pancakes, the pancakes don't rise, right? They're disgusting. It's like a burnt crepe, (laughs) Right? It doesn't work. And here's the truth. You can have wisdom and you can work extremely hard, but you will never elevate yourself in the eyes of God if you don't have honor. It doesn't work. How many of you have ever been around people that are the hardest workers in the room? Maybe they're a great employee, but because they lack honor, nobody wants to be around them. They make everything miserable. They're always complaining about something. They feel like they're entitled because they deserve something. So here's what I want to talk about this morning. Point number one, honor is the foundation of every meaningful relationship. Honor is the foundation of every meaningful relationship. The truth is I have to honor my wife or she will kill me. (laughs) What do I mean by this? 
So like if my wife has been cooking dinner and I decide not to show up, not give her a phone call, how many of you know, men, that's not going to go well for you, right? And why is that? Because that's dishonor. It's dishonored because I didn't let her know that I was going to be late. I, didn't let, I, I, I failed to, to take into consideration that she's been cooking, that she's had six kids at home all day. So that's dishonor, right? The foundation of every genuine relationship that is going to work, whether you're dating or you're married, is honor. We have to learn to honor one another. Because the truth is, here's what I've learned about honor. Just because you say that you honor somebody, but if you don't back it up with action, it's not honor. How many of you know these people that say like, well, I, I love this, or I honor this, or I'm going to do this, but they never respond but with an action by what they say that they're going to do. So you can be all talk and no action. And the truth is, honor is huge in any relationship. If you want a good relationship, you have to learn how to honor people. Now, I want to ask you a question. Is it any different with God? So if honor is the foundation of all healthy relationships, don't you think that we have to learn how to honor God even when it hurts? Can I just be honest with you? I've read the Bible for many, many, many years, and I still read things in it that I don't like. I still read things in it that go like, it's like you read it and you want to read that real fast because you don't want to let it get in you because then you're going to have to do something about it, right? So it leads me to point number two. Honor is the foundation of our relationship with God. Honor is the foundation of our relationship with God. I want to show you this in a story in 1 Samuel, but before I read it, let me give you a little bit of context. So, Eli is like the chief priest of this church, of this temple. And he has two sons who are also priests. They're like underneath him. And God has commanded these three priests. He says, listen, whenever people bring resources into the church, you're able to take a small portion of that so you can live. So God has commanded them to do this. When people bring in the resources, you are entitled to have just a little bit of it. Now, these two sons have access to all these resources, and rather than taking just a little bit to live off of it, they start taking all of it for themselves. They also, in the church, they have women that are volunteering to do different duties within the church, and Eli finds out that his two sons are not just helping these women, but they're actually sleeping with them in the church. Okay, huge mistake, right? Now, Eli finds, he gets wind about this, he gets word that his sons are acting crazy, and he goes to them and he says, hey, you gotta cut it out, right? And he goes to them and says, you gotta cut it out because people are actually getting offended and they're getting upset because what they're bringing to the Lord is not being appropriated and it's not being used right and it's actually turning people away from God. Now watch this, this is what happens. Eli tells them, stop, but he doesn't follow up with action. He tells them to stop, but he doesn't follow up with action. The boys have gotten to this place where they understand dad is all talk but no action. (laughs) And this is where we pick up in 1 Samuel 2, 29 through 30. This is God speaking. Why do you scorn, why do you disrespect my sacrifice and offering that I I prescribe for my dwelling? Why Why do you honor your sons more than me? By fattening yourselves on the choice parts of every offering made by the people of Israel. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel declares, I promise that your house and your father's house 
would minister before me. But now the Lord declares, watch, this is huge. Far be it from me, those who honor me, I will honor. But those who despise me will be disdained. What is he saying here? This leads me to point number three. Honor is an issue of the heart. Honor is an issue of the heart. I mean, look at what Jesus actually says in Matthew 15, 8. He says, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Jesus is ultimately saying honor is a matter of the heart. Until your actions match what your words are actually saying, it's not honor at all. Jesus is saying it's just lip service. And this is why these boys kept taking advantage of the church and kept taking advantage of their father because they understand that their dad was going to do nothing about it. He would just keep slapping them on the hand and say, stop doing this, but he never would follow up with action. God wants us to be able to honor him with everything that we have. Specifically, not just, or specifically with our money. And the truth is, that's a hard thing for many of us to do because, like I said earlier, our money has the ability to control. It has the ability, if we're not careful, to be like a rudder to our heart. It forces us to do things that we didn't want to do. It forces us to make decisions that we didn't want to make. It forces us to do things that were unwise because we're being controlled by our money or sometimes we're even being controlled by our fears. Which is why we have to understand what I'm going to make in point four. Honor reminds us that we are stewards, not owners. Honor reminds us that we are stewards, not owners. Owners. God introduces this idea all throughout the scripture as this principle of stewardship. And stewardship is, is simply this. The best way that I can explain it, how many of you guys take better care of your own car that you bought with your hard-earned money versus a car that you were just renting? <laughs> You know the difference? Like if you're going on vacation for a few days and you rent a car, you don't care. You leave trash in there. You you don't care because why? It's not yours. But when you realize like, man, I spent a lot of money on this car. This is my car that I worked hard for. You begin to steward it well. And here's what God is saying. Everything that we have has been given to us by God. And if we're not good stewards of it, it means that we're dishonoring God. Because he's given it to us in the first place. Watch this in Luke 12, 16 through 21. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. Now I want you to notice all the personal pronouns in this. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain, and I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. So he he realizes, okay, I just produced a crop that's going to make me a lot of money, so what am I going to do? I'm just going to build a bigger barn, and I'm going to store it all so I can keep all of my resources to myself. And watch what God says to him in verse 20. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Isn't it crazy how often we forget how frail life is? And sometimes we live like we're going to live forever when we really don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. He says, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then you will get what you have prepared for yourself. This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. 
So you and I are stewards. We are caretakers of the stuff that God has given us. So here's what Jesus is saying. If everything that you accumulate in this life is just for yourself, Jesus is saying it's only, it has a very short shelf life. It's not going to last you long because you don't know how long life is going to last. And he wants us to see that honor is about recognizing that everything that you have belongs to God. Everything that you have belongs to God. And I know that's hard in this individualistic society, right? Because some of us genuinely believe that we're self-made men. <laughs> or I, I worked hard. This is my stuff. Can I be honest with you? Watching my dad go through this journey, I'm, I'm so grateful that my brain can send signals to my fingers so my fingers can move at will as I want them to. It's crazy. I'm, I mean, I'm walking through hospital uh, hallways and looking at all these different people that can't do simple things. And, and we fail to forget how frail, how fragile life is, and we fail to forget that in an instant, everything could change in our life. It's crazy because before all this happened to my dad, one of the things that I would say all the time is your life is one phone call away from changing. One phone call away from changing. And here's the truth. If you have this understanding that everything that you have is not yours in the first place, you don't miss it if it leaves you. (laughs) Because it's God's anyway. It's God's anyway, so we have to be good stewards. Why was he not rich towards God in this passage? He was not rich towards God in this passage because he did not honor God with what God entrusted him with. So this leads me to point number five, and this is probably one of the most important things that I'll say. Honor without a test is only lip service. Parents, you get this better than anybody, right? Every parent loves giving good gifts to their kids. But along the way, we want to test and make sure that our kids don't love the gifts more than they love us, right? Have you ever met that ungrateful kid? Parents, can I tell you the reason that we make ungrateful children is because we don't test them. So we give them a phone and we say, if you do that again, I'm going to take your phone away, but you never follow through with action. We say, you better get in bed, and if you get out of that bed, this is what's going to happen, and we never follow through with action. Here's the crazy part. You don't know if you genuinely honor God unless you have an opportunity to dishonor him. You don't know if you honor people well unless you have an opportunity to pass a test to try to dishonor them. It's the reason that we have created ungrateful people, because we're not putting ourselves through a test Now, this is crazy because we actually see God institute this in the very beginning of the scriptures. We see him test Adam and Eve. Watch this, Genesis 2, 16 through 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge and good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will certainly die. I want you to notice something. I want you to notice where God put this tree. When he created Eden, he gave them free reign and access to everything. It's not like he put the tree of knowledge of good and evil and he created this angelic fence around it. It was right there at access. If they wanted it, they could go up and they could take it. They could do something with it. 
But here's the truth. He wanted to see if Adam would give him real honor more than just lip service. So he put that there as a test. Because if there is no opportunity to show dishonor, you can't really honor. The truth is we don't really know how to love somebody until somebody's hurt us, (laughs) do we? Because that's when you really have to learn to dig deep and love somebody. It's easy to say that you love somebody when people are nice to you. How many know it's easy to love people that just love you, (laughs) right? I love these people because they love me. (laughs) I love to encourage these people because they encourage me. I love to honor these people because they honor me. But how many know when that gets flipped, it's a whole different ballgame, right? It's this principle of like when we get into a vehicle and we drive, we become different people, right? Unless you go through a test, you don't really know if you honor God. And here's the truth. I say all of this to lead us to this final point. God will continually test us in the area of money and possessions. And here's why. Scripture teaches us in Matthew 6, 21, for wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So God is going to continually test us in the area of our finances because here's why. God does not need your money, but he does want your heart. So he's going to continually test us in the area of finances. He's going to continually have us go through things that seem unfair or seem like, why am I walking through this? This leads me to point number six. Honoring God starts with the tithe. Honoring God starts with the tithe. I know this is not popular. Some of you are like, dang it, I came here for the first time and this is the message that I'm hearing. But as I said earlier, can I just be honest with you? There's still things 15, 16 years into reading the Bible I just don't like. And sometimes following Jesus is difficult. And sometimes following Jesus is hard. But can I tell you something? It's always the best way. And in a culture of ease, and a culture that loves things quickly, and a culture that doesn't ever want to walk through hard things, specifically as believers, we have to learn to do hard things. We have to be able to walk through fire sometimes. We have to be willing to face pain. We have to be willing to do something that sometimes we don't even agree with. Think about it. We live in a culture that at the click of a button, we can have anything that we want. I don't feel like leaving. We waiter food. (laughs) Some of you freak out if your Netflix buffers longer than three seconds. We have fast food restaurants. You can drive through. We even have like to go now. You can just pull up in the parking lot and they bring your food to you. We don't even have to vacuum anymore. We press a button on our phone that has an automated vacuum that vacuums our floors. (laughs) Think about it. In a culture of convenience and ease, what is it doing to the human soul? It has driven us to a place when we see something that says that's going to be challenging, we exit. We don't want to do it. And, And can I be honest with you? Character is developed in doing difficult things. You become a more full and whole creation and follower of Jesus when you do things that you don't want to do sometimes. 
Honoring God starts with the tithe. Returning the 10% of your income back to him. Because remember, we're just stewards of it in the first place. It's not ours. It's us saying, God, thank you for what you've given me, so I'm giving it back to you. I want to read a popular passage to you. But hopefully we're going to read a good bit of it, and I'm going to stop and explain. This is Malachi 3, 6 through 10. I, the Lord, do not change. Pause. Now, I say that because oftentimes, and I've, I've been given this argument so many different times. Well, Pastor Zach, that's in the Old Testament, and, and we don't do that anymore because that was in the Old Testament. Can, can we read this one more time? I, the Lord, do not change. So regardless if it's Old Testament or New Testament, the same God that was in the Old Testament is the same God in the New Testament. He doesn't change. As a matter of fact, if you want to take this principle into even further in the New Testament, God actually calls us to give everything. Everything, our entire lives to this mission and cause. So read it. I, the Lord, do not change, so you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, watch this, this is what God is saying. Ever since the time your relatives have been around, you've turned away from me. How many of you have ever made a promise to God and say, God, I'm going to follow through. I promise this time it's going to be different. And then we don't do it. God's saying, like, you, you've made all these promises, but every single time people have turned away from me, and you have not kept them. But watch this. I love this. This proves the graciousness and mercy of God. But return to me, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. So what is God saying? He says, regardless of what you're walking through, I don't change. He says, if you stop your running and you come back right now, I'll be there for you, regardless of what you've done. Regardless of how much you disagree with the text, and God, I, I, don't, I don't know how to honor you with my money. I don't know how to do that. How am I gonna, what am I going to do? God just says, return to me, and I will return to you. So then it goes on. It says, but you ask, well, how are we to return? So now the people of Israel are saying, well, God, okay, if we're to return, how do we make this right? Watch this. Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me, but you ask, how are we robbing you? This is God speaking, in tithes and offerings, you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Here's what I want you to understand. God does not curse you, but the earth is already under a curse because of sin and death. Verse 10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Now watch this. This goes perfectly along with what I was talking about earlier. Test me in this. God's saying, do you really honor me? Or is it just lip service? He says, if it's not just lip service and you genuinely honor who I am, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. There is always a test to see if we genuinely honor God with what we have. Now, usually in church, we stop there. We stop at verse 10. Okay, if we tithe, I get it. God's going to bless me. I understand that. But I think verse 11 and 12 are some of the most significant verses in this passage. He says, if you test me, if you honor me with your money, then watch this. I will prevent the pest from devouring your crops. And the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all of your nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord. I want you to understand this. Tithing rebukes the devourer from your wealth. 
So when we return what God has already given to us, here's what God is saying. If you give me your first, everything else that you have, I'll bless that. Could it be that we're constantly in this cycle of being broke because we're not honoring God with what we have? And that 90% is cursed. (laughs) The 90% God's saying, man, if you can't honor me with what you have, then why should I honor you? Here's what this is saying. A Christian that doesn't tithe doesn't honor God. They can say they honor God, but here's the truth. It's just lip service. And, and some of you may think, well, Pastor Jack, how can you say that? That seems harsh. I didn't say it. <laughs> Jesus said it. The scriptures teach us this. Uh, at this church, oftentimes we will abundantly speak about the grace and mercy of God. Because I genuinely believe that God's not just the God of a second chance, but he's the God of the next chance over and over and over again. But at the same time, if we're going to be holistic in this, that means that sometimes we have to visit passages. Just, just be honest. It's uncomfortable for you, and sometimes it's even uncomfortable for me to talk about it because it's hard things. But if we're genuinely going to do this thing, and we're genuinely going to follow Jesus as we ought to, we have to learn to do hard things. We can't be like Thomas Jefferson, who when he looked at the Bible, he read all these different passages within it, and he had somebody start cutting out different passages that he didn't like, and they had, he had them reprint the Bible with his version. And he'd read it and go, oh, that feels much better to me. But the truth is, if we're going to honor God holistically, we've got to read these words sometimes. We go, oh, doesn't feel good. I don't like that, but I'm going to do it. And the sad thing is is we often think the tithe is about God taking something from us. But nothing can be further from the truth. Because God doesn't need your money, but he does demand your honor. He doesn't need your money. But he does demand your honor, because if he has your honor, then I want you to understand something. He has your heart. Even the tenth that we give back to him, God takes that little and he raises up a church. And he raises up people that are able to impact a community. I think it's interesting how the local church works and how God designed it to be. Jesus promised to build his church. But the building of his church was not contingent on a perfect leader. The building of his church was contingent on a perfect savior, and his name is Jesus. But I find it interesting, and sometimes I often ask this question, like, God, why didn't you just commission people to go plant churches and as soon as they said I want to go plant a church you like you drop the golden goose into their lap that would just fund the church but Jesus chose to fund and build the church through his people now why would he do this Jesus chooses to expand his church to the level that his people honor him Jesus will grow his church to the level that his people are willing to honor him can I remind you again that this is not my church? This is your church. We are the church. And at the end of the day, if we genuinely want to, just show of hands in here, how many of you believe that we want to be a local church that is a light to a dark community? That's Crowley, Acadia Parish, all beyond. How many, we want to make an impact here on this city. Amen. If we're going to do that, it requires all of us to be all in to honor God with everything that we have. Honor starts with the tithe. This is what God does. 
He uses what we give to benefit us and others. Honor is a big deal. See, if you're in this cycle of being broke, in this cycle of this financial just yuck, could it be that first we have to seek wisdom from people that may know more than us? Can I I be honest with you? Sometimes to seek wisdom, it requires humility because nobody likes to expose their weaknesses. Nobody likes to go, hey, I don't know what I'm doing with this. I want to be a good steward. Can can I be honest? There's no shame in just saying, I don't know. The truth is some of us are just bad with money just because we don't know how to be good with it. (laughs) It's not that we're intentionally trying to be horrible stewards of what God has given us. Some of us just, that's not how God wired us. It's not how God wired me. God gave me a wife (laughs) to be able to help me with those things. My wife is very logical. She thinks through those things. She loves lists. I don't understand people that love lists. <laughs> she's like, we talk about things. She's like, let me make a list for that. That just stresses me out. <laughs> I'm a very free spirit. I'm creative at heart. I love the arts. And you know what I've had to understand is that's just how God wired me. And so you know what that requires for me to seek wisdom sometimes? It's just humility. I don't know. God didn't wire me like this, I don't know. And guess, but, but here's the beauty of the church. There's other people in here that God did wire them like that. They're good with their money. God gave them the talent to be able to do that. Maybe they know how to make a plan and maybe they can look at your finances and go, man, if you just did this, 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 and this, you'd be all right. If you stopped eating out every you're literally eating yourself to death. <laughs> so could it be to get out of this broke cycle, we need some wisdom? which requires humility. But then we also need diligence that, re- that requires us to get out of the cycle of laziness. We got to work hard. And could it be that we need to honor God with our money? That if we start honoring God with what we have, we understand that we're just good stewards. That we're not owners, that we're stewards of the things that God has given us. Could it be that we get out of that cycle Because I genuinely believe that that cycle is more of a heart issue than you think it is. And often it's speaking about something that is right here. So I want to close genuinely with a challenge. Could it be this morning that God genuinely wants to grow this church and do something so significant here but it cannot happen until his people begin to honor him.